Brainstorm, the podcast exploring how our minds work, how work affects us, and how we can best deal with it. We are Aidan Camis and Damiano Tescaro, explorers of the office jungle and mental health aficionados. Buckle up, because ideas are about to get wild. Hello, Aidan. Hello, Damiano. How's it going? It's going quite well. This week in particular has been, you know, a nice, open, different week than the past couple of months, which have been extremely intense. How about your week? How has that been? Yeah, these past few weeks have been bad for various reasons, which I'll touch on. Uh, But today I am feeling like a human again. So I am very happy about that. It's good, What's right? Been, it's it's a good place yeah. <laughs> to be back to. Yeah, I feel it. like that's a good level to be at. To feel human is probably a pretty good base level. Definitely. And we also, I mean, I, I think this is going to be an interesting episode because we actually skipped one month, which is unusual for such a successful podcast as ours with millions of subscribers. But we really missed you. We really did, right? And um, the Part of the reason for this is that uh, many things happened in the meantime. Like there was a ton going on, right, on on both sides, and you were also doing some experiments. I understand. Can we call yeah. them experiments? <laughs> yeah. So, so for a bit of backstory, I, I've probably already talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I've got ADHD. Uh, it's still relatively new to me in terms of I think I was only diagnosed. Oh, I've completely lost sense of time. Um, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, so still pretty new to it all. Um, and the medication that I was on, which is Zagatin, uh, it acts as a stimulant. One of the annoying side effects I was getting with it was my stomach was feeling like really not great in the mornings. And it's also had a negative impact on my appetite. So I basically just wasn't hungry, which isn't great when... I'm trying to go to the gym, you know, do good Try stuff. To, yeah. um, and for, but, sorry for the people like me, because I'm not super familiar, right? Do you have to take this medication every single day or? Yeah. So it's, it's once a day and occasionally you can take up, you know, you can take tolerance breaks on weekends or if you've not got much busy stuff on, but it's, it's mainly to help uh, regulate your energy because without it, I've always been dependent on caffeine or sugar. Mm, um, yeah. Helps to regulate energy and also just releasing enough norepinephrine and dopamine. Those are things in the brain which help you actually focus on stuff and get that good, like happy chemical. You did a thing good. Um, the checkbox so yes. effect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Tick the box. You, you did the dishes. Good job. But recently, I've there's been a whole thing about switching. And moving houses and switching GPs, mental health teams. But I was chatting to the new uh, doctor and we were saying, well, how about we try this different medication uh, to see if we could get rid of the side effects. On the face of it, we thought very similar. Same active ingredient. It's methylphenidate hydrochloride um, or hydrochlorate. Doesn't matter. Um, the only difference is it's released 3070. And that means that rather than 20% of the medication being an instant, you know, it immediately gets absorbed by the bloodstream mm-hmm. and 80 is released slowly over the day. Instead, you've got 30%, which hits you immediately, and then 70% over the rest of the day. Right. And my thinking was, that'll be good because then when it comes to evening, it'll be out the system and I'll be, you know, I'll be more tired, I'll ready for sleep, all good. 
but for something which on the face of it is so similar has uh-huh. been absolutely terrible. Oh, like, what happened? So the last three weeks, I have had really bad headaches, which uh, get a lot worse when I'm either upside down or just feeling a lot more pressure in my head. Right. Uh, standard response, that is just don't go upside down. But it's really weird <laughs> how many times I've found myself having to go upside down. I'm just for... about to say, like, you were doing a lot of, like, handstands training and yoga exercises yeah. class, I guess. Yeah, I am also Batman. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the night job gets the way. But also, I've generally, you know, still had the side effects that I was trying to avoid of bad stomach, no appetite. Uh, but also just generally have felt a lot more lethargic, generally lower, and I've been experiencing those depression symptoms, which I haven't had for a few years and which I have not missed. Um, so yeah, it's not been ideal. Which is such a tiny change in the in the composition though, right? It was not, I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound like it was a huge difference. No, absolutely. That, that was exactly my thinking. I was like, this will be fine. And so, so then I was thinking, well, is it me? Is it because the axe is back? Is it because there's less sunlight? Is it because I'm not doing a good enough job at work? Classic mental health conditions yeah. trying to trick you that it's not their fault. Um, but yeah, as of today, I am back on the old medication and I'm no longer feeling like a sad zombie. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited to be back. And I think you said before, it's interesting how how clear it is once you're past a you know a, a bad time that you've been through that oh wow yeah i was really not having a good time there but oh, when yeah. you're actually in it, it doesn't feel as bad so it doesn't feel as good so yeah. i'm very glad to be back being able to to look back right and have the perspective i guess on things mm. Uh, mm. but also i think there is and i, I don't want to sound like i'm, I'm sugar coating this of course right but i think there is also the element that you have not only experimented but you also endured through mm. this and you you come through on the other side there is this phrase that was very much used by the travel project for the lgbt in the past that it gets better right afterwards mm. and i think a big element of this is really the fact that you know, we are much more resilient than we think we are and yes not everything is a successful experiment but I think just the fact that we do it and we actually, you know, get to the end of it on the other side, it's a mm. testament, I think, to our strength. And uh, yeah, overall, uh, we, we're, I'm delighted to have you back, of course. I still wish for you to find something that makes you wake up in the morning with a healthy appetite. <laughs> so do I, one day. But yeah, yeah, that's a really nice way of putting it. Like it's, you know... I wouldn't have known that it was as terrible as it was unless I tried. Mm. And, you know, a, a lot of mental health work is is a little bit trial and error. I think I've mentioned before about how how our brains are so complex and that we know more about, you know, mirror star system, Alpha Centauri, yeah. than we do about how our own brains work. You know, if they were simple enough to be understood we'd be so simple that we wouldn't be able to understand to think about it right and also yeah. I, I think it's it's interesting from like as an outsider right to to this world to think that yes i mean you're taking medication to uh, let's say to, to influence your mental energy level but this has dramatic consequences on appetite on the way you feel in the morning like in your body or your stomach feels and this is something that i don't want to say it's a bit of a surprise but it's a side effect that influences so much more than just you know your energy level during the day it's just literally how you feel in your stomach in the morning 
which is something that most people can relate to. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how some of it does seem so completely disconnected, but a big part of that is also because our, our mental health isn't just in our brains. Yeah. So, you know, we've got, you know, we've got plenty of nerves and essentially a brain inside of our stomach, inside of our spines, our nervous system and neurons are all over our body. And you think about our entire nervous system. So, you know, it's not like when you just have, I don't know, a a broken leg where you can just use localized injections and that's the only area it's affecting. Our brain controls everything. Everything. everything's connected to it it's um yeah no i haven't actually thought about it like that before that's quite interesting you know i I was talking with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and this is kind of coming back to the general i guess situation where the the overwhelm you know this lockdown is going on more and more and more so you know conversations Mm. like this one are becoming more frequent uh in my group of friends at least i don't know if for you it's the same Oh, yeah. Right. You know, all I talk about, yeah, it's like nonstop therapy sessions. I don't <laughs> exactly. know if people love it or hate it, but I love it. But uh, do you find that people are getting a bit bored somehow? Like, it's still top of mind, but it's becoming like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, it's still there, it's still there, it's still happening. Or do you think that people are getting more interested to really understand what's going on behind the scenes? Good question. I th- There was a great article I read, which is about how it feels like our surge capacity is depleted because our brains have kind of been running on this adrenaline-driven, high-alert level of being, you know. A pandemic is an existential threat and our brains perceive it as such. So it's kind of difficult to wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do some yoga, I'm going to meditate and focus on my work. Brain wakes up and goes, ah, ah. Ah, okay, food, work, and ah, terrible. Ah, it's kind of difficult. (laughs) It'd be really nice if it was like, oh, we've been doing this for three months. The brain wakes up and is like, oh, it's all cool now. Now this is normal. Unfortunately, that that doesn't happen. But but you're right. The fact that talking about it and the fact that people are more likely to talk about it definitely does make it easier. And if it doesn't necessarily make it easier, at least it shows people that it's it's a, a very human, normal thing to to go through rather than feeling like you have to deal with it on your own and you know one of the things that kind of struck me and again tells me how weird i am sometimes is that this friend of mine we both of us myself and my my friend are quite introverts right so we do like you know staying at home watching a movie cup of tea you know the usual stuff but even her she's in london and she lives with her husband she started to feel to miss i would say the the interactions right and i guess when you live in london you have those habits you know like the the tube in the morning like the commute that everybody has these sort of social rituals almost even her started to miss that and that really surprised me because of all people i thought she would be the last to miss social interactions and on the other side i was surprised to discover myself to be almost fine with that you know, I'm in a place where I was thinking, I'm actually not tired of the pandemic. I mean, yes, I miss mm. seeing my friends more often, right? But working from home for me is is such a comfortable way to work just because I have the space to recharge, right? As introverts, we need to recharge when we spend mm. energy. And being at home alone most of the day gives me so many opportunities to take, you know, those 10 minutes and just quickly recharge. The other thing, though, that I noticed when we're talking about this is that for the past two months and a half, three months, 
preparing for forums, I had so much work and I I didn't realize that I was working myself to like, uh, you know, unspeakable hours. In a certain way, that acted like a protection ring though for my brain somehow because it kept me so busy that I never really, I, I never had the moment where I thought, oh, I miss xyz my brain was like mm. no 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 no. more emails more this more this organization program documents and things and i would often work until like late at night which is not something that i'm a fan of doing to be honest because yeah. i don't think that's healthy but i was surprised to find the side effect of this to be my brain didn't have the time to i guess linger in that feeling of you know being isolated which I found interesting because it, it kind of acted like a anti-venom to the the loneliness, I guess, in a strange yeah. way. And, and I was wondering, have you have you ever felt like this? Has your perception of the lockdown changed in these months? That's really interesting. That I've I've definitely noticed in the past when I've been like that. I I know a lot of people, and my dad's definitely one for sure. Who, without being able to work, they feel a bit lost. Mm-hmm. I definitely am not like that. <laughs> I, I appreciate sometimes having a single point of focus. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I, I notice that when I'm doing things which don't have a clear definition of done or finished, that sometimes I can either spend far more time on it than necessary and not get into the recognizing when good enough is good enough. Or I don't know how I could possibly finish it, therefore I never start it. And I I was giving a presentation earlier about uh, how it's okay not to be okay. And one of the bits in there I chat about is how when I was doing stuff like my dissertation, which should have taken nine months, I did it in three weeks. And don't recommend doing that. It was (laughs) not good. It's all about procrastination. But I got it done. And it was absolutely terrible. So you ended up finishing this, you mean three weeks before the deadline? That's what you say, right? Not that you feel, yeah. not that you crunched the the first three weeks and you were done, but no. you waited. <laughs> I get you now. Oh no! <laughs> I had eight month eight months of stressing about. I need to start this. I need to start this. I need to start this. Oh, there's only three weeks left. I really need to do, start do, do, this. Do, do, do. Yeah, yeah. And but but it's it's right what you say. During those three weeks, I could not think of anything that wasn't to do with the dissertation. Yeah. So much so that I actually slept in the students' union. The 70 80 percent in those days i bribed the security guards with kit kat chunkies <laughs> so that they'd let me because technically you weren't supposed to stay overnight and you definitely weren't supposed to sleep overnight yeah but i'm not asleep i'm awake and still working at four in the morning powered by horrible sugary energy drinks yeah in hindsight i probably should have viewed that whole experience as maybe we should talk to a professional about this maybe this isn't a normal way of doing things did I do that? No, I did no, not. You didn't. Um, I probably wasn't worrying about, oh, what am I going to do jobs wise after this? Oh, I need to worry about getting food sorted. Oh, what about my eczema? That's really bad right now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about that, but I don't think the pure adrenaline fueled, stress fueled procrastination power is worth it. I get you. Absolutely. I I was actually, to be honest, I, I surprised myself when I was talking to my friend and came to that sort of realization, right? When I just, I looked back and I was like, I was powered by adrenaline, I suppose. But in a certain way, I also realized how that kept me, yeah, in in a sort of strange suspended balance. Mm. But I also realized that it put me in a sort of high frequency mode that this week when 
you know, the, the workload is starting to go back to normal. I'm having a bit of a hard time going back to normal in a sort of way. Oh, like, really? I, I'm so overactivated all the time that I've had a couple of conversations with my partner where, you know, he was like, okay, like, let's chill for a second like yeah. because you know i would be up in the morning like at you know seven while we were you know eating biscuits and i would be like but what if now uh we made a youtube series where you are talking about your experience when you were a child and i then do the subtitles for this and he was like wait wait a second <laughs> what no i don't want to do this. why do you think i want to do i don't want to do this and I was thinking, but this is an opportunity. You don't understand there is a market for this and we should think about that. Being so kind of hype, you know, hyper all the time, mm. it's tricky to, to, to bring it back. You know, the, yeah. there are times that falling asleep becomes strange. And there is also a, an inner sense of guilt, I suppose, that is linked to that. Because mm. again, I, th I think there has been a connection between my performance work-wise and my state of mind that kind of link the two things together. So I'm not entirely sure. I didn't process fully, I think, how these things went. <laughs> but I'm happy that this week is starting to go back to normal, quote unquote. Yeah. Because I, I'm not sure if that was healthy either, to be honest. No. Probably. I was going to say, if you, need, if you need help finding ways to procrastinate, Aiden from the past three weeks can find <laughs> plenty of them. Because, uh, yeah... I definitely find that a lot easier to go, oh, what if we did this? Oh, oh, is this like a cool thing that's going to, there's a niche in the market for it? Is it going to help people? No, I just really want to start collecting Pokemon cards again. Okay, that's fine, Aiden. You can do that now. <laughs> and how did you how did you cope in those three weeks? I mean, knowing that you were doing this sort of experiment, right? So I guess you were also mentally prepared to potentially some side effects, but at the same time, were you able to maintain clarity in you know your goals and your things? Or no? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair it's, enough, right? It's yeah, it's one of those weird things where, but because it is. You know, it's very meta in that I, I was prepared to think that, you know, these meds could be bad. They could not be great, but I wasn't expecting them to, to be causing that much of a level of brain fogginess. Right. And right. it's difficult because if, if, you know, I was looking at, like I'm doing now, looking at it in hindsight, if I had that clarity in the moment, I'd have recognized that three or four days in, these aren't working, you know, sometimes there is an adjustment period, but with stimulants, they generally are pretty fast acting and it doesn't have to like acclimate and build up in the system too long over time, depending on specifically what type of medication. Obviously, everything is different, as we've discussed. I should have recognized that, no, I need to call this experiment off. But because I'd then resorted to that really brain foggy, lethargic, oh, well, maybe it's just me, I continuously put off calling up the doctor which I could have done at any point. I had, you know, like the, their number written out and I could have called them up. But every time I was like, no, it's fine. I, I, I need to be, I deserve to realize this is fine. It's just blah, blah, blah. Until I actually did call up and I was like, why did I not do this sooner? <laughs> like it's, right. it's really interesting how the main means of thinking about stuff and, you know, being aware of how you're actually feeling when that's compromised, it becomes very difficult to not get stuck in spiral. Oh, yes. And I was, I was quite lucky in that. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about today is routine, satisfaction, 
and managing to still do things even when you're not feeling great because I did not feel great I didn't even feel good or okay but I still went to the gym and that was because I'd set up accountability with a friend it was like okay you're gonna come at this time I'd still most days I'd set daily intentions so just every day I set three intentions and write down what's the first step I need to do for each of them I didn't get them done all the time, but, you know, sometimes I would, little and often. I'd stick to the routine of writing in my diary and how I'm feeling every evening. Even when I'm not feeling great, I'd still keep those routines going because I know they help. And as much as I wanted to just go, "Mm, no, I'm just going to go to bed or I'm going to stay up until three in the morning and play more Pokemon, realizing that actually this... You know, even when you're in that kind of thing, if you set those habits and routines up when you are feeling okay, and I'm very grateful that I did do that when I was feeling okay, because it's very difficult to start doing those things when everything does feel right, quite sucky. Yes, and this is God. It feels like it's it's like our mind basically tripping. Uh, our good intentions sometimes why mm. do we feel <laughs> why is it so difficult sometimes to start when we are at our peak right when we feel good and things seems to be in a balanced state and sometimes it feels so much easier to start where we are at the, the lowest it's kind of like when you know the paradox of the the artist that unless you are in complete pain how can you produce art right because of the best love stories the best love songs all originates from a breakup Mm. I have no idea, to be honest, how this works. Do you have any idea why this actually happens? Well, I'm, I'm currently feeling so called out for my love of Taylor Swift songs right now. I'm realizing, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what they're all about. It's, I'm, I'm seeing parallels be- between that and the news because right. I, I may have said about this before, but I, I try to stick to a, a low information diet. So I, I try not to check the news every single day. You know, if there's something that's really important, I'll hear about it from someone, but I don't need to check the news every single day or every hour because so much of the time, the news that's going to be out there is going to be negative mm-hmm. or exaggerated because that's the stuff that elicits an emotional response. You know, a, a story that's like, oh, there are wildfires raging and uh, the planet is going to be doomed within x years if we don't stop global uh temperatures rising by three degrees which you know is very true and i'm aware of that don't necessarily need to know that every day if you compare that to on the whole literacy rates um pregnancy survival rates um and poverty overall has reduced over the past x years which one are you more likely to click on when you wake up in the morning like if you saw that level of thing every single day yeah i mean I'd, I'd ideally go for the the nice one, but you get a click on you're like, oh, wait, what about this? Or, oh, everything's bad now and terrible. Here are the top 10 bad things of 2020. <laughs> Your brain's drawn to that. It yeah. loves going, oh, no, what about this? And the more you do that, the more your brain internalizes it and goes, eh, everything's bad. So that's one thing that I've done, which has definitely helped for sure. And did you find that kind of uh, limiting or controlling your information diet allowed you to find more energy to start maybe new projects or new ideas when you were feeling good yeah so so yeah it was something i started when i when i was feeling good the reason why i'm asking right is because i'm thinking of my creative process for example right so there are times where i feel oh i would love to take some pictures 
completely randomly. And the only rule that I abide to, the five second rule, which is there is a window of reward mechanism that the brain has. So when you get like the inspiration, the idea, your brain flood with dopamine and tells you, haha, this is a fantastic idea for 15 seconds. I will give you this chance to jump and take this opportunity. And I find myself that I, I respond quite well to that but I'm very bad at planning. So for example, it's hard for me to say this weekend I will spend two hours taking pictures because I feel the artistic need to express myself. This never mm. happens, literally never happens. But it's very possible that at 6.30 tonight, I will decide to take some pictures for no reason whatsoever. And if I can jump on this 15 seconds train, I will be very happy. This makes it a bit difficult for me to be predictable or to plan ahead when it comes to these little good moments. But it's more about recognizing when the, the train comes and to jump on board as quickly as possible. <laughs> I do find it interesting that, that, you're, that you say your default is to kind of fight. And for me, I, I know that I would definitely these past few weeks when there is a, oh, this is an obstacle, this is difficult, my immediate reaction is, turn off laptop, I'm going to go lie on the floor now and stare at the ceiling, maybe roll on a yoga mat for a bit, and then inevitably pick up the Nintendo Switch. And start, This yeah. is fine, this is great, this is, yeah, obviously that is not a long-term way of doing things. Things are never going to be great 100% of the time. And that's, that's something that our brains don't like thinking about. The analogy I like to use is we're not really that much more complicated than Sims characters. <laughs> we have an imaginary like hunger bar, tiredness, need to go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah. And at any point, those are all there. And if they're not all full, we're not happy. We're constantly mm -hmm. going, oh, but I'm, I'm a little bit hungrier. Oh, well, I'm tired. Oh, well, I need to do this. Or even if all those base needs are met, you still have, oh, well, you know, I can't go and meet my friends. Oh, I still have to do the washing up. Oh, I still have to send all these emails. So we kind of are constantly playing this impossible game where we're always chasing this imaginary feeling of zen-like satisfaction where I have done all the things. My email is empty. I just had some really good food. I watched my a great show. My house is great. perfectly clean. And uh, house there is... is perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, have you have you ever felt like that? Has there ever been a time of your life where you have done all the things? No, no. <laughs> has, has there been a time in your life when you've done some of the things and felt good about it? Definitely. To me, this is a question about triggers. Like in the example before, I think I kind of trained my brain to see some of the triggers that give me the highest efficiency of pleasure, if you want, in a certain way. Which, mm -hmm. you know, I do have friends that are so... They, they enter like a meditation phase when they clean their house or they do the washing up or they iron their clothes. I loathe doing all of these things mentioned before. Same. But... Give me a, a guide on how to tune my video recording software to the latest codex. And I will <laughs> happily spend weeks. We were talking about keyboards earlier. I've spent oh. like, I don't know how many hours watching videos of people clicking buttons. <laughs> Yeah, and this to my brain feels like a perfectly reasonable and productive use of my time. And this gives me joy. Mm. And mm. I'm content with that. You know, there is a point where I'm, I stop myself from overanalyzing this and I just say, I really enjoy this. I'm going to just enjoy this.
but uh, the overall feeling of completion, you know, like everything, all the stars are aligned. I don't think I've ever been there, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't know anyone that has. Right. But it's so weird that our brains are always striving for that and it doesn't exist. That I, I like the, what you mentioned about the you know, uh, codec tuning and uh, specifics of hyper-focusing on uh, finding the best keyboard because that's life. That's, that's what we're always going to have some bad stuff and some good stuff. And yep. you can either do the researching. For me, it was finding the best humidifier. I spent about two and a half hours doing that because my skin gets really dry in winter. Important for and the I spent health. Two and a half hours, yeah, I spent two and a half hours doing that. I could have, during that time, gone, oh, I need to be working on how I've got this to do, I've got this, this to do. But I've gone, actually, I'm going to set aside these two hours. I'm going to do nothing in these two hours apart from this. Yes, the house needs clean. Yes, I need to reply to those emails. But I don't need to do it in these two hours. And it's definitely a thing that I've been struggling with, you know, and obviously it's more difficult when our offices are our homes. Yes. We have those location triggers where it's difficult to go into the lounge and go oh i'm going to sit down and relax and enjoy a show i turn on the tv i watch the show my brain goes <laughs> you have 789 unread emails i am sad yeah, yeah. that that's what our brain does yeah. so i think something that we need to do and it's, it's something that is very easy to say or to share but actually doing it is so difficult is Accept that you're going to feel bad. Mm. Like I definitely have these past few weeks. You've been talking about your overwhelm. There is no way that we can ever chase this impossible nirvana state of everything being completed. Even if we do, you know, the house gets dirty over time. So rather than striving for that, strive to not necessarily enjoy, but to experience the bad stuff. I love that. I love that word that you use, experience. But there are going to be some things where you can't find ways to make the experience itself more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Like there are going to be times where you made a mistake and you did something wrong. Hopefully you're in a psychologically safe organization or team where people accept that that's just human. But sometimes you're going to do something wrong or you're going to say the wrong thing and you're going to feel in your heart or in your chest or wherever you experience that emotion, anxious or terrible or yes. fearful rather than trying to immediately go, I need to get away from this emotion, I need to get away from this emotion, try leading into it. Like the next time that you feel anxious or, oh, I've got so many things I need to do, try and really fully experience it. And it's it's something your brain doesn't want to do because it's like, but that's a bad emotion. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Try and fully focus on it and go, okay, well, oh no, I haven't done the emails. That's bad. That's terrible. What actually happens if I fully focus on this feeling right now and you feel it and I'm still here and it's not like a big scary monster, even though your brain thinks it is. Yeah. Counterintuitively, chasing those bad feelings actually makes you more satisfied overall. And I, I don't use the word happy because happiness, I think, is a fleeting, a fleeting State. emotion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a permanent state of being. I also think that being a verbal thinker myself, for me, it's really important to to have people around me that I can trust and mm. confide into and talk about these kind of things. Just verbalizing these 
thoughts and these feelings with somebody allows you to gain a different perspective is almost like, you know, looking at things from a car and you suddenly, you, you're not on the street, you're in the car driving by those feelings and those thoughts and you can still see them and you can still feel them, but they are somewhere else than you. And this is part of a, a kind of beautiful conversation around meditation that one day I hope we will do because I think it's, oh, it's yes. super, super nice and super interesting. Mm. But as a takeaway, I think it's brilliant. And we're actually perfectly on time to wrap up <gasps> as well, which is fantastic. That's out of character. <laughs> <laughs> unusual, That's on time. Unusual for us, but hey, there we are. Not only I'm super happy to have done this episode after this this long break, so I really want to say thank you, Aidan, for this. Thank you for sharing oh, your experience you. because I know that this is a very personal thing that you share with us and uh, it means a lot for not only for me but to everybody, the million listeners that we have, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's it's. I, I know it sounds cliched when I say it all the time, but things are easier when you share them with other people. And obviously that's not the same as you know, walking up to the person who's serving you coffee and going, do you want to hear about the past week of depression <laughs> I've had? There's obviously a fine balance. But but like you say, for, for some people, verbalizing it isn't always the best way. People may find, uh, may find that they can actually more clearly gain self-awareness of their thoughts by writing it down physically yes. or typing it up somewhere. I, I still do that. And I don't think it helps me in the moment, but it's nice to go, oh, what did I write about three months ago? Oh, three months ago, it was summer and I went for a nice walk in the park and, you know, I had a happy day. So it, it again relates to what we were saying earlier. Doing those habits, doing those things when things are going well, firstly, it makes it easier because once you start a habit, it's more difficult to stop. And I think in the future, we're going to chat about habits quite a fair bit. Yes. Probably a whole episode. Um, but actually doing it when you're feeling great makes it easier when you're not feeling so great and helps to remind you that you can't ever get away from the bad stuff. The bad stuff is always going to be there, but the good stuff's going to be there too. This is beautiful. Oh my God, I want to clap and kind of wrap this in into a, a little gift and i want to send this gift to future damiano whenever there is you know a, a moment a little dip thank you as always aiden thank you Darren. It's this has been so great hopefully we don't have another month gap indeed also because the last episode actually we did have some guests we also want mm -hmm. to remind people that if you want to join the conversation we are delighted first of all if you have ideas if you want to actually speak with us you know, just shoot us an email and uh, we're more than happy to, to talk. Uh, we're happy to chat about absolutely anything. Anything. Take care, everyone. And let's remember that it, it is okay not to not to be, be okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care, everyone. <laughs>